Darkness falls on a deep backwoods London town. On a street, a street like any other known as Private Drive, dark deeds are afoot on this night. A shadowy figure comes from almost within the woods themselves and pulls out something known only as the Street Darkener and uses it to remove the illumination from each and every lamp on the street, shrouding it in darkness. Professor Kitty Cat, the voice calls. Professor Kitty Cat, where are you? And from within the shadows, a small cat comes out, jumping upon a fence and walking next to this man, this tall, imposing visage of a man. His bones are withered, his skin is old and dry, but yet he still cuts an imposing figure. This man is none other than Alan Grumblebum. He looks over at Professor Kitty Cat with a wink as the last street lamp becomes darkened. And with that, that kitty cat leaps out of midair and becomes a full-grown woman, now known as Professor Kitty Cat still. Where is he? I, I Certainly, he must be here soon. Certainly, it, it wouldn't take him this long to deliver the package. Oh, give him time, Kitty Cat consoles Grumblebum. He'll be here in no time. And with that... The sound of a loud engine roars above the sky as they look up to see a massive motorcycle rushing throughout the air. And atop it is the man who is only known as the Bear. No one knows what his name truly is, but the Bear is what they decided to go with based on his appearance, based on the fact that he was a massive furball of a man. And he arrives in front of Grumblebum and Professor Kitty Cat. Well, where is it? Where is it? Give me a second, the bear comments. I have to put it in park. And after a few moments of shifting around with the motorcycle, he finally manages to park it on the side of the road. I'm not sure why he took so much time to park it on the side of the road. After all... It is a magical flying motorcycle. You could really kind of put it anywhere. Okay, here it is. And with that, the bear turns around and hands off a small bundle in a basket to the man known as Alan Grumblebum, who looks down at it with a sigh. Tears almost fill up in the bear's eyes as they approach one of the houses on this neighborhood. Professor Kitty Cat pulls out a quill and quickly writes a note that they attach to the top of the basket. They place it at the doorstep and ring the doorbell and quickly ding-dong ditch and get away because they do not want to deal with the individuals behind that door because they didn't know how they were going to react that day. They didn't know how they would react to seeing what they were going to find on their front porch. They didn't know how they would react to be given a new family member. The door slowly opens, and Pa Stinker and his wife Ma, pregnant with their first child, look down to discover a small basket. They smile and pick it up, and when they undo the covering, it reveals 
a child. A child with the capabilities of saving the world or destroying it. A child with a destiny deep ingrained in his very soul from decades past. A child who will only be known as Sammy Magic. On this, Sammy Magic and the Big Cool Rock. Eleven years later, because, oh my god, what a time skip, Sammy Magic feels trapped in his own home. Uh, Going by the name Sammy Stinker, uh, of course they never revealed to him his true parentage, he's always felt not exactly at ease with the Stinkers. Of course, Ma, Pa, and his adopted brother, Lil Stinker. It wasn't that he particularly hated them. In fact, the Stinkers uh, managed to be relatively kind to him throughout their decade together. It's just the Stinkers didn't understand Sammy. I mean, if they hated him, they could have just put him on another doorstep because apparently that's how babies work in this universe. If you don't want it, you can just like put it on another doorstep. But they didn't do that, so I guess they like the kid. It's just a matter of strange occurrences would happen in the middle of the night that would lead to electricity flickering. One night, a fire even caught on the curtain of Lil Stinker's bed. Numerous strange occurrences were happening behind the scenes, and they couldn't explain it, but they felt like it was all Sammy's fault. And that was what was following him. The curse that followed him throughout this entire childhood were these dark things emanating allegedly from him. And it caused Sammy to fall into a deep, dark depression. His family would do anything to cheer him up. Little Stinker would sing him one of his patented Little Stinker tunes, and nothing would come of it. Ma would try to make him his favorite meals. Pa would try to take him out to play catch, but Sammy was uninterested in all of this. Sammy felt like a cursed child. And I don't mean a bad cash-in. I mean a truly cursed child. You see, the sheer fact of the matter is, Sammy didn't belong there. The Stinkers were not prepared to deal with him. The Stinkers were not prepared to deal with all of these abilities that were coming on display. Sammy was a special boy who needed help in a very, very special way, but Pa Stinker wouldn't have it. Every day, Pa Stinker said, no, I will be the one to fix him. I will be the one to make him better. And every single day, Pa Stinker stayed up with him. He tried to help him. They took him to therapy, but nothing would work. Sammy Stinker would continue to cause chaos in the little Stinker's home. You see, in Sammy's mind, he hated his step-parents. He hated where he was grown up, but at the end of the day, it was simply the case of a square peg in a round hole. It wasn't anyone's fault. It wasn't Sammy's. It wasn't the Stinker's. It was merely a fact that Sammy did not belong there. And these thoughts came to a head one day on Lil Stinker's birthday. They awaken the next day, and of course, Lil Stinker has his patented birthday pancakes waiting for him. Sammy has a stack of his own, and Sammy even gets a present alongside Lil Stinker. But 
it wasn't enough. All it was was a quill and some paper. Sammy didn't know what to do with that. Sammy was upset. And Sammy continued to stare down at this quill and paper their entire way to the zoo, where they were, of course, going to go for Lil Stinker's birthday. Throughout the day, they had a very fun time at the zoo. Um, Sammy just... He wasn't connecting, is the problem. Sammy was just out of it at every instance, continuing to stare down at this pen and pad while Lil Stinker was pointing out the, the penguins sliding on the ice slide, or the elephants coming out to frolic in the lake, or the lion that was asleep. They wanted it to wake up so bad, but the lions, they never... I don't know what it is. The lions are never awake. Like, that's the one, that's the one thing we all want to see, right? Is the lion, but no, lions always got to sleep. But then the incident happened in the reptile room. And no, I'm not referring to a book from a much better series. I'm referring to the room where they kept all of the amazing reptiles, the bearded dragons, the, the lizards, the, the snakes. And the snakes were what drew Sammy in the most, almost as if he could hear them speaking to him. Sammy. He hears a voice call out. Sammy's head jerks to the side, and he stares in at a cobra perched up on his haunches. I don't know if snakes have haunches, but on his haunches. And the cobra was staring Sammy dead in the eyes. And once again, he hears, Sammy. Um, yes? Sammy asks quietly, walking over to this serpent. How are you do- I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll be honest, I didn't expect that to work, actually. The snake responded. Oh, no, I, I understand. It, it's fine. Um, how are you doing? Not well. I don't belong here, Sammy. A sentiment that Sammy Magic most certainly could agree with. I deserve to be free. I deserve to be with my own kind, Sammy. Surely you can relate to this. Well, yes, but what do you want me to do about it? Sammy responds, and the snake lurches at him, biting at the glass, causing cracks to appear in it, and people to fly back in fear. But Sammy wasn't afraid. Sammy could understand that this snake was like him. It had a capability for danger, that's to be sure, but under control, and under a happy circumstance, and truly understood this snake would not be a snake. This snake would be just a lizard without feet. It would be a kind, gentle soul. And Sammy in that moment realized that he was like that snake. And that he needed to find the people to turn him into a lizard without legs. Sammy smiles and places his hand against the glass, causing the snake to raise a non-existent eyebrow before backing up. When suddenly, the glass disappears. And the snake immediately escapes and slithers its way out of the room. And then, of course, poor Lil Stinker walks over and falls in to the snake pit. 
and then the glass comes back for some reason. We just wanted to... I guess it was a fun prank on Lil Stinker on his birthday. Meanwhile, Sammy looks out and he sees the snake running free, but then he hears reports of the snake biting. The snake biting several different passerbys. The snake injecting its venom, sending people to the hospital. Sammy walks out and he approaches the snake and he goes... What are you doing? I let you free. And then the snake looks up at Sammy and he says, You idiot. I'm a snake. And then the snake slowly turns and slithers away. And in that moment, Sammy looked down thinking, If there's not hope for that snake, could there be hope for me? That thought continued to rattle around Sammy Magic's head the entire ride back. He looked over and he saw Little Stinker staring at him in fear. For the first time, he had done numerous things to him, set curtains on fire, electrocuted the room, locked him in. But for the first time in his life, Sammy Magic realizes that Little Stinker is truly afraid of him. And then he looks up. And he sees Pa Stinker looking in the rearview mirror, and he makes eye contact, and he realizes that his father is afraid as well. His mother is afraid. Everyone is afraid of Sammy. And at that point, Sammy realizes, I guess I'm just a snake. Over the next week, due to Lil Stinker's intense fear of Sammy's magical abilities, He refused to go to sleep in the same room. For numerous nights, he would sleep with Ma and Pa and leave Sammy alone in his room. For the first time in his entire life, Sammy had to be alone. Actually alone. And it was heartbreaking. It was even more heartbreaking when Ma and Pa forced Sammy down into the closet underneath the kitchen stairs. They told him it was only temporary. They said they were going to eventually move Pa Stinker's stuff out of his office and move him into there, but for Sammy, he thought it was permanent. He thought this is where he was, and in all honesty, this is where Sammy Magic thought he belonged. Every single night, Sammy would sit back and look down at that notepad. And one day, he began to write. He began to write out all of his deepest darkest thoughts hoping just to get them out and burning them the next day he would try to expose this darkness from himself burn it away but nothing would ever happen sammy magic tried so desperately to not be a snake that it just drove him further and further into madness this is still a children's book by the way about a week later Uh, Sammy was coming in from his weekly burning effigy, and he noticed on the front porch an owl. And in that owl's talons was a piece of paper. And he quickly, hastily rushes over to it and picks it up, rushes inside, because for the first time in his life, Sammy had a letter addressed to him. He just didn't know it was addressed to him yet. Um, Paul? I I think this letter got sent to the wrong house. It says Samuel Magic. Do you know who this fellow is? Oh, 
Samuel Magic, that's a name I haven't heard in, why, roughly eleven years, Paul responds with a smirk, ripping the letter away from him. Have no worries, young Sammy. He has absolutely nothing to do with this household. Sammy Magic is a curse on our home. And with that, the man who thought his name was Sammy Stinker walked away, went back into his room, and went back to his dark thoughts. The letter continued to weigh in his head, however. That name, Samuel Magic, repeated in his head like clockwork. He kept making connections, pieces, forming together. Samuel. Sammy. I've done magic. His last name's Magic. I'm probably Sammy Magic, said Sammy, realizing what we've all already known. This realization takes him hours to process. So many hours, in fact, that it actually runs out the ink in his quill. It's 1993. I don't know why he has a quill. Ballpoint pens exist, but he has a quill. So, of course, he needs to go up and fetch more ink from Pa Stinker's office, which is now looking a little bit more bare bones. He can see a new bed being moved in for him, but on his way back, he leans in to the Stinker's marital bedroom, and he can hear them speak. Absolutely not! There is no way we're letting the boys see the letter! No, look, you don't... You don't understand, Pa. It's it's what he needs. We can't give him what he needs. I'm the boy's father. Of course I can give him what he needs. All he needs is us. Clearly, the boy needs more. He needs more, Pa. Mother urges over and over, Pa, to just accept the fact that he can't help Sammy. But of course, headstrong as ever, Pa firmly believes that he will be the one to fix Sammy magic. That's the last I'll hear of this. Good night. They say to never go to bed angry in a relationship. They both went to bed angry that night. In fact, for the following two weeks, they continued to go to bed angry at each other. And... The cracks in the familial home began to separate apart. Lil Stinker's breakfast flapjacks were a little bit more burned on the bottom than usual. The milk would go bad and no one would throw it out. Everything was falling apart, and the worst part of it all were the owls. These damn birds were all over this house. Every single day, they would find them perched on their mailbox, outside on the top of their chimney, lining the roof of their house. The owls were there, and they were not relenting, each one having an individual letter, each one addressed to Samuel Magic at this exact address, which I will not name because I don't want to dox them. And things finally came to a head one day when Pa went out with a shotgun angrily shooting at the owls who appeared to have force fields because we're not going to have owl death in like the first part of this book. We're not killing an owl that early. So they have magical force fields that shoot the bullets away as they quickly and frantically fly away. Pa has shooed away all of the owls. He seems very satisfied with himself. He walks back in. Ma looks frazzled. Sammy's peeking out, terrified, with his journal of dark deeds. 
And of course, little Stinker's just trying to get through them burnt pancakes. But Pa Stinker comes in with a big smile on his face, his big stupid red face, and he sits in his recliner. And then suddenly, hundreds of letters come pouring through the chimney. He rushes over, tries to stop it, tries even starts the chimney. That just means now there's flaming letters coming out. That makes things a whole lot worse. Ma goes and grabs the kettle, starts pouring water all over it. Lil Stinker's throwing the pancakes that could be used as frisbees at this point on them. And Sammy is watching on in terror. He may not care for this family, but it is still a family. And Sammy snaps. And suddenly, a massive gust of rain appears overhead. And it goes down through the chimney, shoots out, and it puts out the fire. That's my logic. I'm sticking to it. And after the chaos subsides, Paw Stinker, Mustache Burnt, Ma Stinker, soaked the gills in water and of course poor little stinker and those burnt pancakes all standing there in chaos staring at sammy magic who just says i'm sorry and then he walks over and grabs a letter wait don't do that pa says as sammy begins to open the letter sammy please you don't want to see what's in that envelope I'm Sammy Magic, aren't I? Sammy responds, and with the most solemn of eyes and stupid red faces, Pa Stinker responds with a resounding, Yes, your name is Sammy Magic, son of Gabriel and Eartha Magic. That's their names now. I didn't plan on putting those in for a while, but I guess that's their names now. What, what, what happened to my parents? Where are they? They, 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 uh, uh, they, they died. Well, that much seems obvious. In a car crash, Ma Stinker responds, coming over to hug her adopted son. And we adopted you the very first week after. We're so sorry you had to find out about this, son. It's, it's all right. I, um, I've, I've never felt like I belong here. Sammy responds, drawing back tears. You deserve better than me. You, you deserve peace. And I can't give you that. We don't want peace. We want you, damn it. Pa responds, swearing in front of the children. Very cool, Pa. I I want you. I want to raise you to be the perfect boy I know you are. You're my boy. Yeah. Yeah, Pa. But I don't think I can be perfect if I stay here. Oh, so we're not good enough for you then. Suddenly my raisings doesn't appear to be good enough for big old Sammy Magic here. Big, impressive fellow. Okay, you know what? How about you read the letter? Because it's from some people that I bet you'd be really interested in. The people who are responsible for the death of your parents. The car company? No! That was a lie. 
I guess we're advancing this plot point head ahead a little bit, but the people responsible for your parents' death wrote you these letters. The reason why my sister-in-law isn't here anymore wrote you that letter. I lost her. Your mother, aunt, lost her. We lost everyone. And then it came down to just me, Mob, Lil Stinker and his pancakes, and we thought that was going to be it. And then you arrived on our doorstep, and our family grew by one more that day, Sammy. And I can't lose anyone again. I can't lose anyone again, Sammy. This is still a children's book, by the way. Little narrator's note. But what good is it if I'm not happy here, Pa? What good is it if I'm stuck here having to play by your rules? What's so bad about my rules? I live under the stairs! I live under the stairs in a cupboard that is the size of a walk-in closet. I don't have light. Well, we've got the office nearly ready for you. You said you were going to do that like two weeks ago. I, I can't stay here anymore. If worse comes to worse, at least I'll have some answers about my actual parents from this letter. Pa Stanker sits back, stunned. You, you're not, you're not reading that letter. And just like that, he and Sammy get into a legitimate knockdown, dragout fight over this letter. Both men ripping at it. Sammy's reaching down, trying to grab one of the other letters off of the ground because there's just so many letters in this house. And each time he's holding him back. Both men trying to struggle for position, Sammy trying to open that letter, but Pa being there every single step of the way to cut him off, when suddenly, <clears throat> the two men stop. <clears throat> they stare at the door that has cracks appearing around its framework. <clears throat> and just like that, the door flies in, knocking over Pa Stinker, and eclipsing the doorway is a massive man, covered in fur, who last saw Sammy Magic on the back of his motorcycle in a little basket, which now in retrospect seems like a real bad way to transport a baby. It is a man who goes by no name, but they simply call the bear. Alright, which one of you is, is, is Sammy? Um... I'm, I'm Sammy, Sammy responds, as the everyone else is just very terrified, because this man is an absolute giant. Like, like, imagine five Dwayne the Rock Johnsons, but make them less jacked and cover them in crepe hair. That's what this guy's like. Hello, Sammy. Happy birthday. And with that, from behind his back, he produces a small birthday cake, which reads, Happy birthday sammy every single word is misspelled it's um it's not my birthday but thanks why are you here 
Well, I've been told that you were not receiving your letters, which means that you have not had time to go get your school supplies. School? What are you talking about? Oh, Jesus Christ. Did you guys... Oh, my God. And at that point, the bear looks up to finally see the absolute massive sea of letters inside this living room. You will not take him! You won't take him from me! No, I... I will. And just like that, the bear throws another door. I don't know where he gets it, but he throws another door on Pa Stinker, holding him back. That's not very nice. That's my pa. That is not your father. Your father was... Jeremiah? Was that the name I said? Screw it. His name's Jeremiah now. Jeremiah Magic. And he was a great man. And he was a great wizard. What? Sammy looks up at the bear who groans because he just now is realizing that this family has taught Sammy nothing about his heritage. The bear leans down and quietly whispers, You're a magic boy, Sammy. I'm a what? Thank you for listening to the mini adventures of Sammy Magic. And an extra thank you goes to all the people who helped this show happen on our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash a load of BS to support the entire BS network and all of its productions. Additional thanks to Umbria for our music and to Orion Ebert from the Lavender Lemonade Collective for our album art. As always, make sure to go to merch.aloadofpurebs.com and pick up some Sammy Magic merch. All of the proceeds from our merch go to trans and POC charities. Every single little bit can help. And let me end by reminding you that the many adventures of Sammy Magic are a work of complete and total parody. Which means... You can't sue me.